0: Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Lost in Hyperspace, brought to you by Surrealist Pictures. I'm your host, Brad Christensen, and we've got a great episode planned, so stay tuned. Episode 6, Musings on Escapism and Freelance. So for today's episode, I'm joined by Patrick Doulabon, and we're going to be talking a little bit about working freelance versus working salary, and also a little bit more about escapism and why it's important in stories. Patrick, great to have you on the show. Thank you, Brad. It's good to be back. Speaking of escapism, the first question that I think we, we should discuss is, why do people choose to work in creative fields? I mean, they can be very rewarding in terms of career, but in terms of having a stable lifestyle, not so much. Why do you think that people choose to work in these fields?
1: Well, I think we all have a lot of creative aspirations as part of us. And to be able to get those out there, whether it be through filmmaking or age building, or even just painting or writing, it's just, it's a very satisfying thing to do, to be able to express yourself creatively and to be able to get it out there. And, and if you can take that and hopefully make some money off of it, then that's all the better, I would say. It's just very difficult to get to that point. It takes a lot of work.
0: Let me stop you right there. For our, our, our listeners, what exactly is age building?
1: Well, again, as we discussed in the previous podcast, it's basically, uh, there's a game called Uru Complete Chronicles and there's various versions of it. And it's basically a 3d modeling of various worlds for that game. It's kind of like modding, uh, in the, in that particular community. It's not exactly called that, but it's, it is modding of that game. So again, it's, it's another way of me for I, how I express my creativity It's just through that.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess with anything that you do creatively, whether that be even, even if it's just exercise or something completely unrelated to creativity, I think there's sort of an escapism in that, that you don't get from the day to day grind. It's got to be something that helps you to take a step back from what's going on in the real world and do something that engages you in a bit of a different way. And for me, it, writing is a big part of that. I mean, writing to me gives me a sense of fulfillment over creating an imaginative property. That's one of the reasons why I appreciate science fiction as a genre, because it gives you a lot of control over that sort of stuff. And also, I mean, you get to create everything from unearthly landscapes, architecture, plus alien races and flora and fauna, which you can also do with age building. And um, you just as an artist, you don't get the chance to explore those kinds of things when you're telling a story that's a bit too tied to reality.
1: Well, yeah, and it's just, and again, it comes back to being able to express that creativity that you have within yourself. It's very satisfying to be able to put, take your ideas, put them to paper or film or anything, any medium that you can think of, because it's just a way of taking yourself out of yourself for a while in order to just enjoy something that is, you know, of your creation instead of just, because again, the real world's a harsh place. So to be able to experience something, if only for a little while, is a very ideal and very alluring prospect.
0: And again, I mean, I think that that's one of the reasons why why Cyan is is such a major company, because they do all that stuff very well. But to me, you know, with my work, you, you still... And also with science work, you still have to make characters relatable and present situations that reflect reality rather than being too far removed from it. So, I mean, we're talking about escapism here, but I think with that escapism, you also have to keep it connected to reality because if you go too far out there, you run the risk of people not connecting with your work. Would would you agree with that?
1: Well, yeah, again, unless you're making a farce or a screwball comedy or something really off the wall, you want to be able to create characters that are relatable. And again, we went over this in the world building podcast and it it applies to when you're in a creative aspect. I mean, again, there's nothing wrong with, you know, a farce or a screwball comedy. Some of them have done real well or very great. And again, if it's something that satisfies your creative itch, so to speak, then all the better.
0: Okay. Yeah, exactly. So in addition to that aspect of escapism, there's also the barrier of you can go out and seek adventure in the real world and have that kind of upscale life where just everything is is new at every turn, but it also costs money. You're barred down by the aspects of reality that prevent you from doing things like that. Do you think that also has a lot to do with why people prefer um, science fiction and fantasy stories? Because it brings adventure and things that you wouldn't have immediate access to otherwise and makes them more tangible.
1: Yeah, that's the trouble with most things in the quote unquote real world is that they do cost quite a bit of money in order to attain. So if you want to go, you know, kayaking on some river in the Amazon or something, you have to pay through the nose to get it. But if it's just but science fiction and fantasy, as far as science fiction, I mean, that's something that might be attainable through science if, you know, if we got ourselves together and we're able to really further our studies on know space travel and whatnot star trek i mean that's kind of an ideal situation it's not something that's going to be easy to attain but it shows you that through creative thinking and through creative ideas you know it sets kind of an example of what we could be you know we could be this very close to utopian society that you know is more for just traveling out there and trying to find a better life as a species and basically exploring new worlds, seeing new things are a means for us to kind of experience that sort of adventure without having to pay an arm and a leg in order to do it. And that's another reason why I think that they're so alluring is that they're a very inexpensive way and a very imaginative way to take us out of ourselves in order to just have a bit of escapism for a little time, you know?
0: Yeah, not not to mention that a lot of the world—I mean, we, we went over this a little bit, but escaping from the weights and limitations of everyday reality is, is, a, is a big thing. And I mean, especially now, the, the, to say the world is fucked up is an understatement. I mean, politics and terrorist attacks and just the general messed up state of the world, I think it makes everything you just said and escapism more necessary because if— you're dealing with too much stress or just too much harsh reality you're going to burn out really easily and i think that that's important because everybody needs to take a uh, a break from reality now and again you know i have to believe that eventually uh things will get peaceful but I don't think everyone is ready for that kind of world. I mean, you've got greedy people in charge who think that they have been given their own charter to do as they please and not care about anyone else. I mean, just look at our idiot of a president, Donald Trump.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, not to get too political, but yes, it, it, that's an example of somebody who just has absolutely no creative vision. Self-serving <laughs> egotist, I think. Um, exactly. Yes, and mm.
0: you know, and 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 not just not just here, but you have. In other countries, you know, fighting over politics, religion, and land, and, and I think for a lot of places, especially including the USA, given, you know, obviously given the maturity level of our president, um, there's there is a <laughs> long way to to go. And, you know, yeah. of course, um, there are people that get their dose of escapism from drug and alcohol problems because, you know, that too is used as a form of escapism instead of a more healthy form, which could be, you know, exercise or going to see a movie um, that really places you into a different reality. Exactly. And we're kind of talking about mist and Abduction. I think that that's where mist and Abduction shine. You know, they excel at those experiences that put you into a different world and give you adventure stories and puzzles to solve, keeping you engaged. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, with all of their games, it's all about emerging, immersion, which is a – Different approach than what other types of video games do. I mean, even first person shooters and other types of video games that are meant to be immersive don't come close to the experience of playing Myst and Abduction. You know, those games become your reality by giving you freedom of exploration and decision and, you know, not hitting you with too many uninteractive cutscenes. Absolutely. And I think that that's important. I mean, you need. You need a form of media that can help you find that type of escapism, whether that be, you know, like for us, it's missed. For me, in a lot of ways, that's one of the reasons why I write science fiction. I think everybody needs a good dose of escapism because the world is just it's sometimes it can be too much to deal with.
1: No, oh, no, I completely agree. it It's just such a stressful world we live in nowadays that that's why you know, it's more important than ever to have, you know, movies and books and games and everything else to play, just to not to distract yourself entirely from real life, but just to separate yourself from it for just a little while, because it can get to be too much sometimes as you and I have both experienced. It's just, you need that release. You need that time to distance yourself from it. I mean, not to the point where it's all you're living, but just so that you can kind of in just forget your troubles for a while. That's pretty much what, you know, paid vacations and all that stuff are, but this is more attainable for the everyday person, the person that's not making a whole lot of money and just basically trying to look for a way to enjoy themselves for a little while. I mean, I would say it's good to be wary of what's going on around you in the real world, but every so often you have to pull back and say, I just need a break for a little while. That's really what it is. Yeah.
0: And Going back to one of the things that you just mentioned about, um, I mean, we did talk a lot about money and um, you know financial situations and not having access to be able to do you know to live that life of adventure that completely eliminates the need for for movies and interactive experiences that take you a little bit out of the real world. The next topic that I want to talk about is a little bit more into we, we we said that we were going to talk a little bit about freelance and salary work and. This is an issue, too, with the people who are creating these experiences. In my work, how do we deal with clients that take advantage of creative passion in terms of undercutting people out of fair and timely pay? And I think it's an important question because people that have that enthusiasm for this kind of work, for for these kind of subjects. You have a lot of people who know how to use that against you.
1: No, I agree. And unfortunately, that's the unfortunate part about working freelance for anything, especially the creative arts, is that people seem to think that we can just create this stuff just out of just by pulling it out of certain orifices. But it doesn't work that way. A lot of very hard work goes into making either a film or a 3D landscape or anything else. Anything that requires uh, has to look good, requires a lot of work to make it that way, and a lot of people don't seem to realize that, or feel that they don't have to pay the fair price for that. Because, you know, I mean, they they because they have that mentality that they think that it's just so easy to produce, and I know you've run into this too. So. That's the problem is that people seem to think that this is all done by magic. And it's just it's not. It requires a lot of skill and a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of headaches. And that's what people that do call upon services of those who work freelance need to remember.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important to remember because we were just talking about some of the reasons why people need media, why people need video because you need people who can think like that and who can come up with stories that are going to appeal to people, draw them out. Maybe they don't have to be stories about escapism, but they need to appeal to people. And that, I think, is very relevant because it. I think, especially in this business, a lot of people are treated unfairly. And exactly. I think the answer is whether people are treated fairly for the arts. I think the answer is no, because a lot of my friends who are working more than 12 hours on set, I mean, these are film friends, are having a lot of financial struggles due to being, I mean, they're overworked and they're underpaid. That's also not even getting into people that are paid but consistently paid late
1: exactly and and that's the problem too it's like people wonder why you know Hollywood is out of ideas it's because they're so used to the norm and so used to things that have been done time and time and time again that they forget that there are people out there with great new ideas that are getting shortchanged and basically swept under the rug whether that's because they're so want to use the comfortable and familiar or because they just don't want to you know pay these new people then who knows, you
0: know? I think that's only part of it. I think part of it is just, and this is one of the things is, again, like I've always said, if the world was in the perfect universe, people would be judged on merits rather than how much money they make, which is essentially what the Star Trek universe is all about. You're contributing back to society, and that is your pay, not the money, not the physical paycheck, but how you contribute back to society. And, you know, again, that takes us back into the subject of escapism, and then we come right back to reality, and that's not the way things work, (laughs) which is why we're in this new subject. And the other problem with the film industry right now is I think that people are – cheap projects, cheap and budget projects are celebrated, which I don't feel is always right because you're celebrating something – that cuts people out of being treated and paid fairly i mean wouldn't you agree
1: yeah i would agree i mean if you're on a project and everybody agrees to i mean if people really are dedicated to it and they agree to get paid a little less just to make it you know make the project then all the better but for the most part people want to be paid their fair share for the work that they do and they should be i mean you can't have a budget film with budget salaries unless that's what everybody agrees to i mean you need to plan for paying these folks a proper salary you know a proper paycheck for what they do on the set or what what have you and the problem with that is is that people just seem to think that it's so again it comes back to people thinking that it's so easy to do that they can again undercut the people that actually do it and that's a problem
0: (laughs) yeah i i think that's true to play devil's advocate here though the reverse is just as true. I mean, I've worked with people who have fleeced me and other people for money because they are in it just for the paycheck. They're not actually in it to put any creative energy into what they're doing. And, you know, they, they have ridiculous contracts that that are just outrageous. And the bottom line is, is there are many people that charge too much and they're lazy yeah. and hurt a project because they don't put in 100%. So, I mean, it cuts both ways. I mean, you can, I mean, it is possible for the production to underpay the workers, but it is definitely also possible for the workers to overcharge production and not put in the work that they are supposed to put in.
1: Yeah, and that's a problem too, because for every hard worker, and this is true for pretty much any profession, for every hard worker you have out there, you have at least 10 or 12 who are just basically showing up for the pay and doing the bare ass minimum in order to get it done. And then wondering why they, you know, people that are truly in the business and truly really hard working don't really give them as much respect as they should because they haven't earned it through their actions. I mean, regardless of if you're on a project and regardless of what you may think of it, if you agree to do the work, in my opinion, you should approach it with the best of your ability, the most enthusiasm you can muster, and try to bring that energy into the project with you. Because if not, if everybody's just there and just staring around, it's basically a bunch of zombies and the project will suffer for it. It will. The final product will be just as lifeless, I'd say. So like I said, you don't have to agree with what you're working on or, you know, even understand it, but just do the job that you were Hire to do to the best of your ability because that's what is expected. I mean, I mean, if you don't like the pay, then don't agree to the project. It's as simple as that. Don't agree to something just because it's an easy payday or something like that. Approach each project like it's, you know, something that you really want to work on, even though if it's not, because that enthusiasm will carry over to the rest of the team, the rest of the people working on it.
0: Yeah, and, and I could also say, to those who don't put in 100% into the projects that they work on they pay for it in the end. I mean they can go they can always go out and find new people who have never worked with them before, but for the people who have worked with them and put up with their bullshit, they're going to get they're going to pay for it. And it's the same thing with production companies who don't pay fairly. People remember that kind of stuff. And I I I mean that's one of the things I was very proud of with my film is that we we made sure that everybody was being treated fairly. We made sure that everybody had a decent meal on set and was paid a fair price and I I think that not a lot of sets that I've been on can say that
1: well no and and that's the problem too is that maybe that's why they're so jaded is because they've worked on a lot of crap projects but even so if they agree to do the project in my opinion it's Best In their best interest to put the best foot forward because, again, if you don't, then you're going to have people that remember that somebody was just basically slacking off on the whole thing. If, if you're thing, treated and right,
0: then, even if you're not treated right, if you're treated right or you're not treated right, I think you should always give it 100% because exactly. that's your reputation on the line.
1: Well, yeah, because, I mean, you can basically do the work, do it professionally, do it the best of your ability, and then you can bitch about it later yeah. <laughs> to your friends over, over, over a pint at the pub or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And just that's, that's really where that is supposed to be, the negativity. I mean, if you really need a vent, do it on the off hours, you know? Exactly.
0: OK, so moving right along, one of the other things that we were going to discuss was salary versus freelance. And how do you think experience in customer service or some other type of salary job can help you as an independent freelance contractor, aside from the financial support that it, and stability that it gives you.
1: Well, I think first and foremost, it helps you dealing with people because, as you know, in any field that requires you to leave your door, you have to deal with people and you have to know how to deal with them, especially the difficult ones. And in customer service, there are plenty of those. So it kind of gives you, it kind of toughens you up and gets you to expect what to expect from certain difficult people and, you know, also nice people. It, it just basically, it teaches you how to gauge a person and how they're going to, basically work with you, which is a very important and also just general professionalism is where you learn from those two, just to basically how to conduct yourself in a job like setting, whether it's freelance or salaried. And those are two very important things, I would say in dealing with with either salaried or freelance jobs. It's just knowing people how to deal with them properly and not just blow out about them. You know, I mean, you've heard directors in the past who have flown off the handle or actors for that matter, Christian Bale, but you know, and you don't want that. You don't want that floating around. You want to be a professional at all times. And I think the salary jobs help with that. If you can, you know, get a good one.
0: (laughs) Okay. And, uh, bearing all those points about working, in the film industry, both, you know, and there are some people who work in the fil- film industry also. They don't have to work a side job, but there there are also people who work salary jobs in the film industry. I mean, a lot of the people who um, are working at the festivals are in some type of salary. Um, and obviously, if you're working for a news organization, that's a salary job. So not everybody yeah. in the media industry is, is freelance. So... And then some people do both. You know, they'll take freelance contracted jobs and have a salary job somewhere else in the media business. And that was me for a while.
1: Exactly. And it's a healthy mix. I mean, you should have both, I would say. I mean, a place to vent your creative freedom whilst also going somewhere in order to earn a steady paycheck. If you can get both, then that's actually a pretty good deal. I mean, until you get a business where... All your freelance work can come together and pay pay the bills. Basically, that's the key thing here is paying the bills, and that's the most important thing that exactly. people who hire freelancers need to remember is that they need to pay bills too. So, exactly,
0: yes. and <laughs> um, keeping in mind that work landscape, do you think everyone who has a voice has a chance to use it in the current film industry setup?
1: I would say yes. Uh, Whether that's a good thing or not depends on how dedicated they are to the craft. Because, I mean, anybody can churn out a a, a quote-unquote film and call it art. But, you know, and it might be to certain people. But, I mean, as far as... Good art, in my opinion, it needs to have a lot of effort, a lot of thought, a lot of work put into it. And if people are willing to do that work, then I would say they definitely have a voice and it should be heard. I mean, the beauty part about the film industry is that anybody can get into it. The only thing is, is that should you get into it? And that's the big question, I would say. Completely agree.
0: All right, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us again.
1: All right. Thank you, Brad. My pleasure.
0: That's all the time we have on today's episode of Lost in Hyperspace. If you have any thoughts or comments on today's episode, please be sure and leave them on the Surrealist Pictures SoundCloud page under this track. Also, you can now listen to us on iTunes and directly from our website, surrealistpictures.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure and repost this track on SoundCloud, share on Facebook and Twitter, plus like and follow us for the latest updates.